Um, ju I just want to clarify something before we move on in terms of like hot, cold, cool, neutral, that sort of stuff when we talk about food. So when we mention like hot, cold or hot food, we're not talking about like temperature or like it's or how it tastes like spicy sort of food. It's more of the nature in itself. So for example, hot foods could be like lamb or meat that are red tend to be more sort of warm on the warmer side whereas Welcome back to the Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday. If you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brendan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Hi. Nick. Hey, guys. How are we going? And Timmy. Hey. How are you guys? And now, keeping up to my usual intro routine, um, I'm going to ask a question, pose it to each and one of you. That way, the audience, if it's your first, um, if it's your first episode that you're listening to, uh, you can get to know our voices and get to relate them to our names. So, my question for today is: What's your favorite food of all time? And I'm going to throw it to Tim first. What's your favorite food of all time? Timothy. Um, yeah, present. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> gonna be Hainanese <laughs> chicken rice. Has to. Oh, that was a killer. That mm. was a killer in China. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Remember like when we had that cold? Sorry. Yeah. Remember when we had that Hainanese chicken rice in uh, that little town that we went to? But oh, together? Golden Eagle. No, Golden no, no, Eagle? no, no. Tom and I went. We went on a day trip. Oh, yeah, Where'd yeah. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. Just whatever. a date. Just a date between me and Nick. That was it, right? That's cute. Where did we go? What? Oh, one of those silly little towns. We went on a day trip. It was like <laughs> towards the end, just before exams. I'm going to advise the, the audience real quick. We've been having a lot of uh, network difficulties today. Uh, <laughs> so to, to you guys, to you guys, he will sound A, perfect crisp. But to us, Nick sounds like Optimus Prime. But we're going to work with it. Um, it goes in and out, so we're probably going to hear Nick mo uh, properly for most of the time, and we'll work with it, and we'll just see how we go. Anyways, Tom and I went to this, <laughs> went to, ah, I can't remember where it was, and we were like full as we had been eating all day, and then we decided to get like Chinese chicken rice, and the plate was mm -hmm. massive. Mm. Wow. Uh, that is remember? also a how great big, How big was it? Uh, how big I was it? Uh, that was <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard. No, okay, I heard massive, so I can I, I can bounce off that. How massive was it? Uh, I was about to no, check. They we went ate on a so massive food. hike or so something. Mad. I think I'm damn it. for him now. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I also I heard, shared that memory. So was that. <laughs> that was you also memory. share that memory. <laughs> <laughs> I know that exact moment where it was massive. Yes, something yes. was massive. That was a great memory that I had with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Anyway, why, your... do you, why do you like Hainanese chicken so much? Um, I think it just has everything that you need. It has warm rice, like filled with chicken, so it's like the chicken stock flavoring. It's got sauce, so you can have spicy or garlicky or spring onion-y. And you can have it cold or hot. Like, this, just everything. Yeah, Unless not going to sound like a... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean you can have mock chicken, mock Hainanese chicken, I guess. But like, coming from like Viet food, 
like that spring onion and all that really gives it like I'm gonna sound like a snobby foodie. I'm not a I'm not a foodie, but um, just snobby. that spring onion is I'm just snobby. Yeah, um, it gives that whole uh, fresh the fresh taste and like that's that's really big in like Southeast Asian food. I feel like so. It's Malay. Is it Malay? Hainanese uh, chicken from Hainan. Okay. Hainan. <laughs> Hainan. Hainan. Hainan chicken rice. Shit. I made myself look like a dummy. <laughs> hey, no, nah, don't worry. No, nah. don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> I have fun. no rebuttal for that. To be fair, um, though, they they got uh, Singapore took it, and Singapore and Malaysia really like capitalized on it a lot in terms of that. Yeah, because that shit is that shit is everywhere. I saw that in a Vietnamese restaurant the other day. I'm like, okay, sure. I'll yeah, probably really bad tasting, <laughs> but yeah, it's there. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but I'm also not. I don't also don't know good Chinese chicken. So, all right, Charlene, yeah, what's yours? Yeah. What's oh, what? What? <laughs> I was going to add to the Chinese <laughs> chicken rice conversation because I don't know what my favorite food is. You can say the same as Tom, Tim. I mean, it's good, but is it my all-time favorite? I don't know if I have an all-time favorite. Okay, it's allowed to change. Like. How about like your favorite food that you can think of today, like right now on the spot? Egg tarts. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was just yeah. thinking because we're gonna bake them this weekend, so that's just what I've been thinking Damn. about for the past week. Now, when you get that little like crispy top, like that, mm. oh yo, and it's Puff like, like flaky pastry. Yeah, and it's just slightly the chilly. That, like, melts in your mouth. Mm, that's that's where it's at that's where it's at I miss that I miss that that one time we went to that Macau restaurant in Golden yeah Eagle. yeah yeah it was yeah was it yeah that- and yeah and was it Charlene was it you that was waiting ages for it and then you left and it came yeah she had yeah, to go probably. to the airport I do that yeah yeah you had to run you had to run to the airport and we're waiting ages for you to actually take it with you to the airport and then you left and then it came but that's fine because I actually gets eat like i've actually eaten egg tarts in hong kong and macau where they do them really good so i didn't mind missing out i just was excited for you guys to try them and i was more sad that i didn't see your reaction because i think before that time you hadn't had proper egg tarts or had nah. you be no 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 i hadn't i hadn't but i mean it was good it was really good i loved it but i think because china belly was a thing it, it i just got bloated so i was like yay it's nice and then bang uh. <laughs> yeah, my first All experience right, was Nick, in I Hong wanna... Kong, and that was mm, that was good. Oh, so was, good! Mm, that was good. Looking at your oh. face too while you ate it. Oh, I think you got a photo of me eating it. Actually, I don't know if that <laughs> I don't know if that got into the into the photos, but you um, if you didn't delete that one, but was good. Yeah. There was a lot of photos from your you guys' trip to Hong Kong where it was actually just. Just really funny. <laughs> like, you guys look so goofy and stuff. You guys are, like, tired but goofy as hell. It was so good. Some funny times. It was also Tom taking photos of, like, angry store owners because they're like, <laughs> why are you taking a photo of me? And just it's random so children, which I found, uh, yeah. Not in a I creepy mean, way, though. Not in a creepy <laughs> way. Nah, nah, look, if you look at the photos, they're not creepy, but the fact that I say taking photos of children just like candid shots this. just candid shots yes. of yeah. people aka and them not knowing but you know that's not creepy 
Yeah, and not candy shots, so that's... (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, my favourite food, I think, I don't know, I think I'm going to have to go with, like, marinated pork ribs. Pretty good. Pretty good. I heard marinated pork. What? Pork ribs. Yeah, ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Or pork ribs. What do you have them with? What what sides? Uh, What accompaniments? Don't know. Chips and veg. Chips and veg are good. Love, do you have love the rub? Chips and veg, like on a grill. Do you have a rub? Do you, do you get like the rub and then like it smokes in, in like a piece oh. of foil, you chuck it in. It's good. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. But then I we think, started um, talking about my- desserts and I was like, oh, a lot of chocolate desserts are good. I was going to make lava cake yeah, last night. Might make that Ooh, tonight. Oh, chocolate lava cake. Yo, that's good. See? Yeah, no, I, I looked at like this like, uh, it was like a 20 minute lava cake and that looked... It was it was, was sick. That? It was whoo, it was me. The network issues would be like it just it's like oh <laughs> Anyways. Enough talk about yeah, food B, and let's talk about food. No, I wanna talk about B's last one. B oh yeah, we yet. haven't d- we haven't gone to B. B. What's your favorite? Uh, I miss a network connection your, trying your to cut me off meal. this guy. Yeah, I know, right. Uh, my favorite food. I was actually, when I thought of the question this afternoon, I was trying to think about what I'd, what I'd answer. I was thinking far, I reckon, like can have it multiple times a day, no matter what time of day, morning, afternoon, evening, even late night. Like usually it's like a, it's a bomb drunk food unless you spill it on yourself, but like, or, or a hangover food. Hangover food's also really good because it's got that like, like a nice broth and it, it just steams your face and it's got a, all those all, all the nutrients and things in it um i wouldn't say it's like the most super it's super healthy but it's not exactly junk food i feel like um and when you find a good place when you find like a a good place you, it's just so good did, did you find it. it gets boring after a while that you eat it though like it tastes very repetitive it oh i mean oh gone gone I was going to say there's so much variety to it and like things that you can add to it as well that keeps it interesting. Yeah, you can change it up. Like, Tom. Uh, Nick, what was your input? You, for one, Tom, you live on two minute noodles and. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's lived on two minute noodles for his life. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, the China, two minute fire sucks. And in China, we ate beef noodles for like two weeks straight. <laughs> Does he you think it gets a little bit uh, repetitive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very cool, very cool. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yo, your yeah, your two-minute diet has it has it. It just undermines every critique that it has with noodle soup. So I'm sorry, man. Oh, <laughs> my history catches up with me. That's the worst. <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, like, there's there's chicken far and then there's beef far So I feel like it's enough variation-ish that like. There is variation, but yeah, you're right. There, there is a slight lacking in it. Like you can have, um, for example, like with minestrone soup, you can take in out, uh, put in um, ingredients, take out ingredients. It's a lot more variety, but before there's only two. But with lacks and variety, it makes up in fuckingness. Just ness. <laughs> have you have you made it at home before? Um, or has my, your family? Oh, hundred percent. My my mom's one's my be- my favorite one. I like that's it's fact. Um, it's the best one, but whatever. Um, I'm learning how to make it. I'm in the process of learning how to make it. It's difficult. 
Yeah. It's a long process. I made it, I think it was a few weeks ago. It's a long process. Yeah, overnight things <laughs> and possibly burn your house down type things. <laughs> it's terrifying. Nice. It's, it's a ter- it's a, it's No, I believe it. <laughs> talking about food. Yes, talking um, about food. This what leads us to our main... What's Our main topic today is a continuation of another episode that we've done, uh, but are we? Is this a continuing, uh, a continuing, continuing sub series that we're doing? Or yeah, is this kind, kind of. of like a, yeah. Um, so we're following up up with the uh, digestive disorders. Um, we're going to call this digestive disorders two. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we're <laughs> the so return. creative. Oh, Part two, part two. Or whatever we're going to call it in the... We'll call it the, whatever, um, whatever Tom wants to write in when he uploads it. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, I don't... I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I actually don't remember what we talked about in the first episode, so yeah, there know. might be a little bit of overlap. Um, but we're going to try and steer away from the typical, you know, bloating and things like that, because, again, we have already discussed that. So, I think we'll be looking at, um, you know, upper, upper GI tract... Uh, disorders going into like usual Western medicine and Chinese medicine, and I think I don't know if we really looked at um, uh, the herbs and acu. I feel like we might have skipped that. Don't know. I don't remember. So um, there's a lot of overlap. Might go though. into that. Yeah, and it's been a long. It's been a, a while since we've actually talked about uh, digestive cases, and you know we've. Um, had more exposure to it, uh, and now we know a little bit more, done a little bit more studies, so I feel like that we can have different perspectives on it. Um, yeah, yeah I, f- uh, I feel like it's only fair, because we've talked about the stuff that comes out the bottom end, that we should start talking about the stuff that comes out the top end. <laughs> and the stuff that goes in the top end, right? Yeah. yeah. goes out yeah, of the top fair. end. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I like that, that was smooth. So almost, almost smooth. Um, can someone run us through like what a like a normal Western medicine diet is? Um, assuming that most of our listeners are you know from from the West, and oh, really robotic again. <laughs> okay, so what I got from that question was talk us through what a Chinese medicine diet is and how it compares to like a Western medicine or a Western based diet. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Was that what it was? Charlie, that was a really good interpretation because I not, could not understand a word he was saying. <laughs> not a single word. Or maybe that was the question that I had in my head and I just inserted it in there. And he said yes. <laughs> but yeah. the thing the thing is though, Nick's voice is gonna be like super smooth, so we're just gonna be yeah. he's gonna say this question, we're gonna like, what is he saying? <laughs> Only the listeners know anyway. really. Uh, a Chinese medicine diet versus a Western medicine diet. A West, yeah, Western medicine, Western diet. Are we got? Yeah, are we going right. a Chinese medicine diet? As in, like, uh, we're incorporating the Chinese herbs into cooking, or are we talking a Chinese diet usually? I think. I, I think if we're what talking Nick's... about what. There you go. I was gonna say, if we're talking about like Chinese medicine principles for a diet then you would want like a balanced diet. And I think a big thing is eating with the seasons and eating what's available at that time. And a lot of like cooked warm foods is a big thing in like Chinese medicine diets as well. Like the principle of cooking your food and not eating things that are too cold for your stomach because it's going to affect the balance in your stomach. 
Yeah, I, th- I think overall, when it comes to, like, I'm going to take a step back from um, what you were saying and, and also the question, like, um, because the 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 values and the teachings that we learn in Chinese medicine about, you know, cold-natured foods, hot-natured foods and all that, it's not only, <laughs> it's not only, like, relevant in Chinese medicine, it's it's relevant in Chinese culture because, like, in, in as you're growing up, your mum will tell you, you know, don't eat too much of this because you'll get sick or don't uh, eat more of this because it'll make you healthier or whatever. And I think the just the sheer consciousness of that within um, both, both Chinese uh, Chinese diets and also uh, Chinese medicine diets, Chinese diets and like Asian diets versus Western diets is that consciousness is what really separates the two. And what I feel like that's why generally, and I'm going to, I'm going to make a controversial statement, um, but that West, uh, that Eastern diets tend to be a lot more healthier than the Western diet because of that consciousness and that idea. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I think you're right in terms of that the Western medicine, I mean, it's slowly getting warming up to the idea, but it's very controversial to consider food as a form of medicine for your for your body. And I think that's why people tend less to care about what they eat in the West, at least like stuff like Macca's, stuff like, like fast foods and like chips and oily stuff. They, don't, they tend to care less about that and more about how to cure it with medicines and like surgeries or whatever, stuff like that. Whereas that underlying... Chinese medicine... <clears throat> but that underlying theme of like you are what you eat is still a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually understood that. Uh, yeah, you are what you <laughs> eat. I was uh, going going back to what B said. I, I think, I think my train of thought was that I agree, and with growing up with it, like some Chinese diets are like very chili heavy or very fried food heavy, or like have that aspect of what makes the western diet appear unhealthy as well but the difference in my opinion is that they balance it with like say cooling vegetables or cooling drinks or um, other things like that so i think you could have a western diet if you kind of keep it in balance it might not necessarily be as unhealthy as an eastern diet if that makes sense yeah it's not it's not like the food available to you in in east versus west is going to be healthier it's not that at all i feel like it's more like um because the the western understanding of what's good for you and what's bad for you can get a little bit confusing so like you know the when people start mentioning carbohydrates and uh proteins and amino acids and etc etc it can get a lot of people it can intimidate a lot of people and then they stop they kind of don't really listen to it as much but when you're growing in, in in the eastern world when you're growing up with the idea of hot and cold food it's a lot easier to understand and that way you can just be like oh i can eat more of this uh because it's hot or i can eat more of this because it's cold because it's cold avoid this have this and just because the the understanding is a lot more palatable especially from a young age um but if you try to if you try to tell a, th- a, th- a three-year-old in the western world you know you, uh, uh, sorry not even the western world just in general if you try to tell a three-year-old about carbohydrates and protein and or incomplete proteins and yada yada yada, it's just confusing. So, I, I it's 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 not just the food available. I want to make make that clear. I mean, you can get very healthy foods in the Western world, obviously. So, and I think 
also related is because of maybe it wasn't as grained in us um, growing up, there's a lot of information about all these like diets that'll do so many different things for you that incorporate all these like superfoods or different types of foods. And I think that's also very confusing if we're talking about like what is a good diet in Western medicine because a lot of people perceive diet as not just the food they eat but like you know those like plans where you're either keto or like paleo or something like that so when we talk about diet as well we're talking just about what you eat okay well on that uh which actually does lead into a nice um bullet point that we have here what is your typical western diet and uh I think it's a little bit hard to say like typical western diet because we live in we live in a shire very multicultural so uh let's say someone that is health should we separate it should we separate it one that's health conscious one that's not for a typical western diet or can you can you do you think you can funnel it into one description can you funnel it you can sort of i think a western diet sort of has a general it follows a general sort of flow you guys are looking at me very confused. You probably can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I all I heard was tuna. And I feel like yeah. you did not say tuna. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, we're so close Nick. to breaking through. Oh, Nick. Oh, my God. So we're trying too. to make this work. I know. But, yeah, the show must go on. <laughs> Now, Nick, I feel like you have so many, like, gems of knowledge, and it's just not coming through, yeah. like... Yeah, I, I think on. if Nick wants to talk, we just let him talk, and then we'll disagree with it, and then we'll we'll hit we'll hit the next point. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay and with you, Nick? Well, that, that's it, that's it. Cause, because the, the listener will get those gems, but, well, we, we won't, you know. <laughs> we just can't bounce just off it. On. We'll just chuck on. I'm sorry. So sad. <laughs> oh, no. Pray for Nick. Pray for Nick. We're gonna start a uh, um, a Kickstarter for uh, Nick's uh, internet fund, so that he can get better internet to connect with us. Um. Yeah. <laughs> GoFundMe. 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 Yeah, exactly for Nick. Mm. Yeah. Um, ju- I just want to clarify something before we move on in terms of like hot, cold, cool, neutral, that sort of stuff when we talk about food. So when we mention like hot, cold or hot food, we're not talking about like temperature or like it's m- or how it tastes like spicy sort of food. It's more of the nature in itself. So for example, hot foods could be like lamb or meat that are red tend to be more sort of warm on the warmer side, whereas cold foods, um, what's some cold foods that you guys would use? Spinach. Watermelon. Cucumber. Uh, I, I think radish is cooling as well. No, wait. Uh, bitter melon. Bitter melon's really, really cooling. Uh, what's another one? I can't, uh, it's most, of your, most of your like fruits and vegetables, oh, your vegetables, yeah. your salads, oh, your raw stuff. Some fruits, though, some fruits can be a little bit hot-natured. Yeah. Uh, what, what, is, is banana heat, uh, damp heat, or is it just damp? I think it's more just damp. More just damp. Lychees are, lychees are heaty. Ah, that makes sense. Makes sense. I'm trying to think of anything else. 
don't know, it's all left but us. Yeah, this, but this, this, yeah, exactly. Those sort of foods that kind of you feel that warm coming from the center out. That's when you sort of know it's more sort of warm. And same thing goes for the cold foods or cool foods, where you sort of feel the cold spread from inside out as well. Yeah, I was I was never really uh, fully brought up like that. Not being in a non Chinese household, I I didn't really know much about hot and cold foods until um, my dad started talking to me about it. Who is like you know, a Chinese medicine practitioner? He's like, "Oh, don't eat this; it's too hot. Don't eat this; it's too cold." But that wasn't until I was about five or six so like it's it, I, don't, I wasn't really fully brought up on it but i know a basic understanding so i think if you're if you're not familiar with the idea of uh hot and cold natured foods or the nature of foods in general i think that's something that is a good idea to kind of study up on and a quick a quick google search uh, there's some good resources out there um i can't think of any on the top of my head but i'm sure yeah there but is. there's lots on food is medicine google and sort of my advice onto that is like read everything um, because a lot of things will have some conflicting stuff. So sort of read everything and then go about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, straight up. Straight exactly. up. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> but also I have a really good book as well. It's called Food for the Seasons. And if you are interested in recipes and different properties of food, that's a good book that you can look into as well. I really like that book. Um, guys, is there anything else on diet that we want to touch on before we move on to the actual diseases that we'll go look at? By chance? No. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about how... Because I have a friend and I asked him about his diet. Uh, he's like a typical Aussie bloke sort of guy. And just so I could like unpack sort of what he eats in a day. And he mainly eats like oven-baked goods, so stuff like um, pizzas that you pick up or like from the freezer aisle, chicken nuggets, chicken tenders, a lot of this greasy deep fried food without much vegetable. It's easy. And I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Convenient. convenient. It's easy. Yeah. You don't need any like cooking skills or whatever to prepare. It's cheap as well. So I think that's that's the problem with a lot of why they get so many like gastric issues and like stuff like vomiting, nausea. It's because they... That's that's where it all comes from. The diet. So yeah, what other? Oh, did sorry. we want to? Run? I was gonna segue into. This, oh no no! I, I wanted. <laughs> no no! I wanted to ask because, like, in theory, uh, from a cons- I'm gonna be trying try and be devil's advocate here. In theory, they're not all that bad. Like, it, they, what what make what's the difference with having a frozen fish over a fish that you got from the fish market? Like, um, I'm. I, I kind of understand it, but I kind of don't. But I'm sure there's there's some listeners out there that might want to know, like, what really, what's, why is it so bad to have frozen foods like I that? I think because most of it is, like, processed. Well, I, like, all the chicken and stuff is quite, like, processed. Um, and it's, yeah, I, the fish, the fish thing, I, it's always better to eat fresh fish. It tastes better. <laughs> um, yeah. So what does a, what does the processing do, though, uh, exactly? Well, they add like all the the shit into it, because um, it's not it, more than likely it's not just like a chicken nugget isn't just chicken. You know what I mean? It's artificial colors and flavors. Uh, so they teams, get you, mate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how they get you. Exactly. 
Was it the Natural Confection Company? Sorry, continue. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think fresh just keeps more of the nutrients and the like vitamins, the all those. I can't, the, I can't remember the other one off of the top of my head, but like all the nutrients just kind of stay with the fresh products. Whereas even if you compare like fresh carrots and um, peas and corn compared to frozen carrots, peas and corns. I feel like um, the frozen one don't provide as not as much nutrients or vitamins as the fresh ones would. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the uh, I think the frozen vegetables and stuff are like partly cooked as well, and then they're like freeze packed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've heard I've heard vegetable like uh, frozen vegetables aren't as bad. I, I, I again haven't done the proper research, so I, I can't really say that for sure. But I've heard that. Um, yeah, fro- frozen uh, vegetables aren't bad because they're snap frozen or like yeah, um, yeah, they're or whatever. Um, but the the meats and stuff I can understand because when you freeze meats uh, that are ready to be uh, like to be chucked in the oven, it's like they cooked almost cooked twice, and then that can that can actually uh, I guess get rid of all the uh, a lot of the nutrients and benefits that you can have from having like a fish or. A piece of meat. Anyways, um, moving on to our original topic, what are some of the conditions that you can get from like having these bad diets, and sort of what does t- Chinese medicine do for that, and what do we what are we looking for? What do, what can we see? Um, I know that uh, reflux is a big one. Um, in both, I guess, I guess you all you get that in both uh, the Western world and and the Eastern world. So I guess it's it's more of like just a, it's just common. <laughs> I don't like lack of any other way to put it. Um, I get I get I do get reflux a lot, uh, reflux a lot. Sorry, uh, bloating. Um, but that's more you know middle jowl. Um, we're talking upper jowl. No, we're talking uh, upper GI. Acid regurgitation. Upper GI. <laughs> Them notes, upper GI. Are there, are, what, do you guys see any other upper GI tract uh, type conditions? Yeah, I was thinking along those lines of like bloating and acid reflux as well. You get a bit of that heartburn. Um, and, you know, heartburn. The yeah. more you look at it, you can get like uh, peptic ulcers, or, like stomach ulcers, um, some of that bloating. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a lot of those abdominal, you know, abdominal distension issues, um, excessive belching. Uh, bad breath and you know rotting teeth and that type of stuff. You know your diet reflects uh, a lot that of them. As well, yeah, a lot of them are pretty like linked to the acidity of the stomach. Like if you think about it, like the bad breath could be um, the like the acidity coming up and you know the bacteria growth, it, like stuffing up the the uh, natural for, fauna in your mouth and stuff like that, and can lead to you know like uh, your uh, Lacking in dental hygiene. That was a really weird way of uh, wording it. But, like, <laughs> I don't know how to word it. It was so weird. My brain just had it, like, my, I just had a brain fart for a second. Um, but, like, things like that, uh, you have your acid regurgitation, your, your, like, the belching, too, very similar. Um, so I think a lot, of, a lot of it does have to do with the imbalance of uh, pH in the stomach being either too acidic or too basic. And in the Chinese med world, we're sort of looking at, like, stomach heat and issues obviously involving the stomach, whether that's like a dampede or a stomach heat um, or some of that, sometimes some of that large intestine stuff coming back. But yeah, definitely looking at like spleen, stomach, large intestine. 
also like food stagnation as well. Um, just, I don't know, I guess the cheese not helping the food to descend and to digest. So that's where you get a lot of the discomfort um, and the bloating and even like belching from that as well. Yeah, where that, oh, sorry, where that stomach chi can't, yeah, descend, like you're saying. So you want to use some of those herbs to, to help the stomach, um, you know, sort of take in those nutrients a bit better. And, you know, sort of not diving too deep off the course, but even like with, if you're going to give formulas and stuff that might not um, agree with the patients, you know, you can add a couple of those, of those herbs in there to, to help nourish the stomach and help the stomach combat some of that, you know, bloating or reflux or anything that might be a byproduct of having herbs. Yeah, Did yeah. You- Sorry, did you mention those no, herbs I didn't. just then? <laughs> okay, because I was going to say, I, do, I didn't hear you mention them, but I might have missed it. You no, wanna... but you can use um, stuff like um, chow jinajin, which is like the chicken gizzard. Oh, jinajin, um, yeah. And yeah, a couple of those other chow, like if you chow a couple of those herbs, um, it makes it a bit easier on the stomach and they can help it digest a bit better. So, yeah. And, uh, ginger, um, ginger, all that stuff uh, is raw goy one because that's that's one in one of my formulas. But uh, I don't sure whether that's think a so. I would. I would go one. more onto the ginger, um, just because it like warms the middle and it tonifies the spleen a little bit more. Where raw goy is more of like a young tonic, so it's more of like you're trying to really mm, young yeah, tonic. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So there again is that you know like we were talking about before. It's like the difference between. Oh, properties between like hot and warming and like the cold and the cooling as well so you know there's different aspects of the same axes yeah yeah um oh i had a question before but it's quite sort of left me uh no no pass me go on (laughs) what about some acupuncture points for those things Cause I think that's really common as, or maybe not as the chief complaint where people come in it, come in with, but when you're kind of doing that questioning, they're like, oh yeah, I get bloating, I get reflux and they think it's normal or it's perceived to be just a normal thing, um, when it happens regularly. So what are some acupuncture points, I guess, that you would do? Uh, I think if, if I were to just to tackle like the spleen and stomach type um type conditions it would be more towards like uh stomach 25 stomach 21 spleen 15 the whole middle jowl area but also to support cb12 yes cb12 and to support um that from a from a root level i would go towards yeah like the other cv points cv6 it's sometimes even cv4 um and a, a pathology that I was actually supposed to, uh, that I remember what I was going to say now. Something that's really uh, common within our society, our society now is, and I actually have recently seen, is um, a lot of liver, uh, a liver overacting on spleen, affecting affecting the digestion, and um, causing things like bloating, your reflux, uh, loose stools, just inconsistent uh, digestion in general. Um, if, so when you, to to kind of like uh, flag that uh, flag that and to 
really piece together your etl your ideology and pathogenesis i feel like asking about whether it's worse or stress or better um is pretty it's pretty good to really separate whether um it, it is liver the liver is involved or not um and if there were liver conditions i'd probably put in you know my four gates put in a liver liver eight possibly too um and yeah i reckon that's probably yeah that's a that's a good point there be and it's it's interesting because you know when you're talking about liver and spleen you you are going to talk about sort of like both ends so you know the the lower jowl as well as the upper jowl you all look at me very confused um you know you're going to get some of that diarrhea and constipation as well as the bloating and the acid reflux and that type of stuff. So, yeah. My other point that I was going to throw in that you're not going to hear because yeah. I've probably gone all robotic um, is stomach 34, which is good at treating like acute stomach conditions. Ooh. Yes. Exp- I like I, that. I, I like Did that. Stomach, stomach 44. 34. 34. 34. 34. 34. 34. 34. Oh. I heard right. <laughs> I think connection. you should make that one of Nick's acupoints of the it week. It probably will be, yeah. Right? Uh, T- yeah, teach us about Stomach 34. Stay tuned. Ooh, the plug. Stay tuned. <laughs> and Stomach 44 would work as well if there's some of that stomach heat. Yeah, the Stomach 44 is good. So, yeah. You know, when you're... Stinky breath. I've yeah, when you're looking at, like, the really distant uh, points, you're looking at, like, clearing that heat and, like, draining a lot, so... Stomach 44 is really good for, speci- sorry, Timmy, specifically yeah. for um, a lot of excessive hunger at night. Um, that's a very recommended one. And people people find that uh, a lot of patients come in and they're like, oh, it's just so weird. It hits like 10 o'clock and all of a sudden I'm eating so much. And a lot of, uh, a lot of people interpret that as stomach heat. So stomach 44 is definitely a really good one for that. Little tidbit. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think a good coupled point with stomach 44 is... Um the innernating point, which is... PC6. Uh, no, no. Uh, no, the other innernating. No, the, it isn't. The inner, one that's on the... The other one. The, inner, the one that's on the other side of stomach 44. Like, it's on the top. Oh. It's on the bottom of the foot. Uh, um, bottom. Yeah. Oh, the other... No, okay, yes. It's like stomach 44 is on the top. No, I got, my, I got my opinion names wrong. It's not nating. It doesn't matter. But yeah, Continue. No. <laughs> <laughs> PC6 is a good point, though. Cause this, that, it is actually a really good point. It is a this, fantastic this point. point also could be used here as well because it, it treats a lot of that middle. Yeah. Um, opens up the chest and treats like digestion and stuff like that as well. So Stomach stomach heat does a tackle too. I, I think I know that PC3, I think, has got something to do with that too. Um, I remember it was like a very secondary effect. Uh uh, it wasn't really um, too handy, Danny. I'm gonna go double check that before I pacifies the really stomach, clears heat, and cools the blood, mate. That's it, bro. It, yeah. It's not one that I would knowledge, guys. Often, but I'm. It's a. I think. Is it a Hersey point? Yeah. If you, if you wanted like a something on the uh, the pericardium uh, meridian, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hersey I, point. I think especially if you. If you have like stuff like heartburn, when it starts affecting around the heart pericardium, then you would consider PC3, PC6 points instead. Yeah, or, or stuff like even affecting the sleep or affecting the mind from that stomach stomach heat, reflux, these sort of things, then you would start looking at that PC points, the heart points. 
as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's also important to look at the kidney too, because, you know, the spleen and kidney do have a very interlinked relationship. So I think it'd be good to see, to look even further into the roots of the problem. You know, yeah, like I said before, liver, but also kidney too, because congenitally it could be something going on, especially if the condition has been around since they were a child, so... Look at the rabbit hole we've dived down. (laughs) 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 Your jokes don't land the same when they sound like a robot. I'm sorry, dog. Yeah. (laughs) I laughed, though. It's uh, a good joke. (laughs) Oh, Nicholas. Now, look, we've done good given the... The network circumstances. You've done well. We can understand about you. We can understand you about sixty percent of the time. Oh well, the people will hear me. Yeah. The people will hear you. We won't. And that's what's most important. That's right. Tune in. <laughs> yes, the viewers. The viewers. <laughs> yeah, they, they have. They have. <laughs> and come back next week for I more. Like for more confused faces <laughs> and Nick talking to himself. <laughs> They can't even see our faces, dude. Yeah, Nick, come on. <laughs> they will have confused faces. Sloppy. <laughs> yeah, they will have be the ones they with will. confused faces. Yeah, because we'll just be like freaking out over nothing and Nick sounds perfectly crisp. And we're just like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, okay, let's think about um, some other little uh, management tips that someone can tell their patient in terms of uh, reflux and bloating and the things that we've talked about. So we talked about how to treat it. Oh, actually, we didn't go through herbs, did we? Uh, we did a little bit, but not too much. We did a little bit. Do we, do we have any formulas top of the head to kind of throw in? It depends what it is. Um, you know, if we're talking like food stagnation, like a Balho one or those type of herbs are always sort of good to incorporate into your formulas. Um, so it's like food stag herbs... Uh, um. Wei Sun was the stomach heat one. Is that right? Sounds right. Yeah, I th- I was trying to think uh, uh, like Baohe one and Wei Sun are like two different formulas, but I always get them confused for some reason because of the function. Fair enough. Yeah, if you use like your herbs, like um, like your Shanja, uh, Shenchu, Lifeuzi, these type of herbs, and like or like your your Shengjiang, you know these. These type of middle jiao herbs, um, some fuling, if you're looking for it, or chen pi is really good for the stomach as well. Um, so these these type of herbs are not too heavy. Um, they're really good for... Chen pi, chen pi, what nature is that? Is it cold? It is warming, my friend. It is pungent and warm. It's warming. Mm-hmm. It's warm. It helps to clear damp as well, so it like regulates chi and moves damp. So, yeah, warm in nature. But it's also good to add those like chai hu and xiang fu, those like liver-removing ones as well because if you're targeting the middle jiao with some pretty heavy movers and like damp clearers or things like that, you want to keep the qi flowing as well. Chai hu is just a, a god herb. It's one of my favorite herbs. You just chuck it in every, everything because everyone's stressed, so they're going to benefit out of it. <laughs> so true. Um, I feel like... Um, anything else on herbs? Yeah, I think uh, when we're talking about like stomach chi uprise sort of conditions, um, Wendan Tang is a good one, modified, because you get that like phlegm heat sort of stomach going everywhere and you kind of want to descend that chi and heat back down to the stomach. It's a really good formula, that one. And 
and it's it's a really interesting formula because because like what you were saying with that formula, it sort of cools the heat and descends and can treat insomnia as well. And you know when there's like gallbladder fire up and it's yeah it's a really good formula. It's a, it's a really interesting one to look into. Yeah, exactly, and especially when you get like stuff like uh, phlegm that clouds the mind as well. So stuff like insomnia, can't think straight, forget out, forgetful all the time. You... Why? What's Sorry, wrong? He yeah. just said but that. No, you. Oh, you're exactly. Ah, you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the... I don't know if I don't know if Nick already said this, but you're gonna get uh, f- uh, with phlegm. That's more common with all like long term conditions. Did you did you no, say I that didn't. already? Okay, good, good, good. All right, let me explain then. Yeah, you're going to get phlegm from more long-term conditions. That's like my, my deposit itself in either the lung or wherever um, or, uh, you know, within the spleen. Uh, so I feel like things like when done tongue and uh, adding adding in all those phlegm-clearing herbs is definitely super useful. Um, anything else on uh, herbs before we move no, into management? But yeah, we're going to have to move into management and sign off. It's, it's getting that time. Yes. All right. Well, in that case, any little tidbits do you think that uh, we can throw in before we sign it off? Um, uh, don't eat too late. Try and sort of not eat like too like too close to bedtime. Um, that that can help ease the stomach. Uh, and yeah, just don't overeat. You yeah, know? expand. Sort yeah. of. Yeah, expanding on that. Yeah, hundred percent. Sorry, sorry. Full cut you off. I'm so sorry. Um, timing. Timing of your food is important. Um, you got to find what works for you. Sometimes you don't get your appetite until uh, maybe like 8 a.m., 9 a.m., maybe sometimes even 10 or 11. So you got to just see what works for you. You don't want to um, eat too late, like Nick was saying, especially at night, because uh, it, you'll wake up with a very unhappy stomach sometimes. I really wanted to ask like a million more questions, like deep dive into like, you said it's not that good for your stomach. Like what, what tends to happen if you eat late to your stomach? Well, it sits sits in your stomach. So it it can be quite heavy and you know, your body's, your, your body's doing all the things to while, whilst you sleep, it's rejuvenating itself, you know? So it's focusing a little bit on digestion, but it's not, going too hard onto it because you know that's that's not really its main goal um so yeah it's it's sitting in your stomach it's gonna be quite heavy i'm gonna guess that you said exactly what i thought (laughs) what you thought you said Um, i'll I'll listen to this either add or um repeat what he says from a Chinese medicine point of view your spleen (laughs) is kind of like digesting (laughs) your spleen is kind of digesting those foods and it's hard for your body to kind of fall into that restful state while your body is kind of still going so the cheese all moving and all of that so it's difficult for you to feel tired enough to fall asleep or to fall asleep I guess yeah so, like, the nutrients in the stomach get sort of wasted because you're trying to sleep and not digest. I think it's still digesting, but you know how before bed you kind of, like, wind down and you get into that, like, calm, relaxed state because your body is still having all these metabolic processes going on 
um, it's hard to fall into that like relaxed state. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 that's, that's right. And I think, I guess expanding, uh, probably just repeating what you were saying, Charlene, and also expanding on it more Western medicine side, like, yeah, your body's breaking down those carbohydrates and things like that. It's, it's, it's made for energy. Uh, so then, like you said, it's going to affect your sleep and your rest, but also, like, what do you do with the energy afterwards? And then just get, it, it gets deposited into fat sometimes, and it's just, you'd, you'd rather just give the time to, for, you, for your body to process it and then um, at least use it for residual things that you're going to do at night, like, I don't know, clean or whatever. on that note as always thank you for listening to the forever young podcast don't forget to follow us on facebook and let us know if you have any questions about digestion maybe we need a next part to answer all of tom's questions yeah when nick's uh, internet's better and and, and as always we're the forever young podcast and you'll hear from us next time bye, bye. bye.